Hi everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSI. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. I hope you're having a wonderful day so far. If not, it's gonna get better. This is a safe space for you, okay? So whenever, whatever, I wanna come here and just hear two girls talking about their favorite, the favorite neutral, just come here. This is a safe space for you. Today, we're going to be breaking down an episode, an early episode, actually, from season four, episode 18 of season four which is called Back to the Bone. It's one of my favorite episodes of season four. And yeah, I, I love this. So let's go through a rundown. So this episode is actually, it starts from, from someone finding a body. We've seen pretty effed up episodes in CSI. And I think I've seen my fair share of effed up cases with Criminal Minds now because I'm watching Criminal Minds right now. But, look. The morgue scenes in one of my favorite scenes in CSI. And when the dog, like, okay, let's, let's, okay, uh, so a man is found in a, in a bathroom, right? So he's all beaten up. Like, his face is just bloody. You, you can tell. That this man has been through a lot in his last moments, okay? Because there are so many fractures in this guy, in this poor guy's head. Like, so many fractures. So, Catherine and Warwick arrive on the scene because Bradson and Grissom were already there. And Warwick is taking pictures of the scene while Catherine is bagging evidence. So, and their victim had a, a he had checked in, but he had an impact. So, and then we see a flashback of how the beating happened. So when, it, when we go to the autopsy, I told, I said before, autopsies are my favorite scenes in CSI. Doc Robbins tells Grissom that this man has a low shit number of fractures in his face. Like, and he, he is also missing six teeth. Two oh, at the crime scene and two, one in the throat and one in the mouth. Yeah, like... What happened to the others? And Doc is like, well, he probably swallowed because, yeah, he was getting bitten down so much, so he might have swallowed it. Doc tells Grissom that he found no evidence of any other tool being used, like any objects being used. So all the fractures that happened, it was with bare hands. Literally bare hands, right? So back at the hotel, Brass is talking to a housekeeper, and the housekeeper tells Brass that the person who did this is sitting right there. So, I think it's Nick, right? Nick and Brass, they go after the guy, right? Yes. I think it's Nick, yeah. So, they, the name of this guy is called Walter Darian. Did I pronounce this right? So, Brisson and Brass are talking to him, you know, trying to get this man to tell them 
why did he be the victim of? Like, what happened? And... Grissom realizes that this man has evidence under his fingernails, so he goes there, you know, to collect it. So Walter gets pretty mad, and he goes at Grissom, and he almost chokes the life out of Grissom. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is too funny to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, because this man is trying to kill Grissom, and then Brass and the other officers is just trying to pry this man away. And then the camera goes to Grissom, and Grissom is just like, what is going on? <laughs> I shouldn't find this funny, but I do, I'm sorry, it's always funny. Whenever I see this episode, I always find this thing, this thing funny. And so they get this man out of Grissom. They beat this man down. The officers beat this man down. And then they find out that this man died. So, you know, big, so, uh, big day, he shows up to check this, the, to check the body. And they go to, goes to check the temperature, the body temperature. And it's 101.5 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. And Catherine's like, excuse me? And then he's like, I ain't lying. Yeah, the body was, the, he was dead, but the body was too hot. So the sheriff goes to annoy the rest because the sheriff's like, how did you manage to kill your only suspect in the interrogation room? Like, how did that happen? And the meanwhile, poor Grissom, you know, my man is just trying to, to breathe, you know? And so back at CSI, Nick and Sarah, they are going through the, through Walter's car and they find a lot inside this car. And Sarah, my queen, she finds a bloody blue shirt and a bloody pair of jeans. So Sarah's like, oh, he didn't even try to hide the evidence. And Nick, and they, they're just finding evidence and more evidence to pin this guy down. And then... They found a waitress gloves with the name tag still. The name was Libby and she worked at the roadside diner. Nick realizes there are burn marks in the blouse. And Sarah's like, what did Walter did to, to Libby? Because like if he was able to almost take down few officers while at the same time trying to kill Grissom, like what the hell did this guy do? So Grissom goes to check with the doc. What was going on about Walter? So doc tells Grissom that the cause of death was a, car a cardiac arrhythmia. Arrhythmia. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And that he had no prior conditions to that. So the only slightly abnormal thing about it was that his heart was a bit larger. And Grissom realizes that the temperature 103, that Walter's temperature was 103 before he started fighting Grissom. Doc Robin said that the, they're still waiting on the tox report, but there was no sign of drug abuse. So they had nothing, like, there's nothing wrong with his body. The sheriff is trying to talk to the sister. She, he's like, to the sister of Walter. Her name is, her name is Beth Darian. 
the, the sheriff is like, I'm really sorry this happened, you know, ma'am, I'm really sorry. I'd be really happy if you don't press charges, but we're going to investigate this. Don't worry. And then when Grissom comes up, because Grissom is always lurking in the in, at PD, and she tells Grissom, this is how my brother marked you. She said Grissom, that she's actually relieved that her brother dies, which makes Grissom like, why are you glad your brother is dead? And she tells Grissom that whenever her brother saw something that he wanted, he took it. It's kind of like Seven Seven Rings by, by Ariana Grande. I wanted, I got it. This is th this was this guy murder. Like, I wanted, I got it. And Grissom tells uh, Beth that Walter was really, was hot. No, seriously, his temperature were. And then Beth tells him that this this has been going on since they were kids. So she doesn't really know why that happened. So Gerson and Warwick, they decide to go where Walter lives. And then Warwick is like, oh, the case is closed, right? Because we've got everything we wanted to pin this guy down. Warwick absolutely just put a curse on the case because, as we say here in my land, the hole was a lot deeper than that. There's a lot that they had to uncover. So they start going through the motel. And then Grissom looks out the window and he sees, like, a long place of plastic blowing in the wind. So Grissom's like, huh, that's interesting. So they go over there and they go with shovels on that to remove whatever was in the floor. So Warwick ended up finding a makeshift coffin. So he looks at Grissom and like Grissom looks at him and they're like, oh damn. <laughs> so Nick and Sarah, they go to the Worldside Diner to talk to one of the waitresses to find out more about Libby. And this waitress tells them that she does remember about Libby, but she owned, she worked at the diners eight years ago, and she was really clumsy at her job, and she she actually only worked for one day, but that waitress did not even recognize Walter from the picture that they had. Back to Warwick and Grissom, Warwick is able to break down the cement with a jackhammer, and he and Grissom are putting the pieces away until they reach the door, so they just keep, you know, digging. And at one point, only Warwick is digging, so he finds something because, of course... Okay, I love the dramatic entrance. <laughs> this kid's playing outside. <laughs> so, only Warwick is digging at this point, not Grissom. And they find human skull. So Brass is at the scene later, and Grissom and Warwick. By the time Brass arrives, Grissom and Warwick already found a freaking skeleton. And there's a wedding band on one of her fingers. But Grissom tells Brad that doesn't indicate that the body is Libby's because Libby's wasn't married, I think. So my man, Grissom Grissom, uh, <laughs> mouths this cold. And he tells Brass. That the body has been buried for about three years. And that he tells Grass that if this pole is smelling bad, it's usually under three years. 
So that's a piece of thing. If you ever find a human skull and you smell it, if the skull is smelly, it means that it's been under the dirt for three years. And if it's not smelly, that means that the skull has been there for more than three years. I don't know if that's actually true, but that's how it ha goes in CSI. So Warwick, by this time, Warwick is still digging. <laughs> my man Warwick is still digging. And Grissom and Brett are just talking. So my man Warwick is just doing all the work by himself. And Warwick finds a knife. And Brett said that this doesn't fit because Walter M.O. was to fight with his little hands. And Grissom said, well, but we don't know that he might have changed his M.O. So, the doc is having a field day at this point, right? Because he has two bodies and now he has another skeleton coming. And then he tells Warwick that it belongs to a Caucasian female that never gave birth. This is important, okay? The victim was about 5 feet 4 and she was in her late teens to early 20s because her wounds and teeth hadn't developed yet. But because of death was the strangulation, her hyoid bone was fractured. And she had a, a facial fractures as well as the ulna and a broken my ulna, guys. It's not fun. It's not fun. I broke it when I was a kid and it hurts a lot. And she was probably hit it in the face and she tried to protect herself because she had protective injuries on her face and on her arms, actually. So, Doc Robbins sends a lot of facial samples to get to try and get an ID. So Grissom's back in his office and Catherine comes in and she asks Grissom how he knew there was a body there. But he said, I didn't know. And the Catherine has to go to get the report back on Walter's death. He had no drugs and no disease. And Greg's interrupting both in a very classic Greg way and gives them a DNA results. He tells them that the tissue samples that were taken from the female Vic, there were no hits on, Co on Cody's. So that means that the Jane Doe was never reported missing. And she, he tells them that there was a mix, mix of DNA and the tissue samples taken from the pelvis. And that this DNA had 13 alleles in common with the Jane Doe, but she never gave birth. So, she, so since she never gave birth, the DNA probably belonged to her father. But Greg is like, well, so how did the temple get there? And Bruce and Catherine says, there's more than one way to give birth. Well, Catherine would know that and Bruce and Greg wouldn't. Well, they should those scientists but Catherine yes she would know more because well she would probably know more i mean they would probably know generally like what happens to a woman's body but they wouldn't know no so back back is having Archie reconstruct the the jane doe's face using uh, the computer and back at the motel <laughs> Catherine and warwick are just going through Walter's office and they find a lot of stuff there. And Catherine finds a hole that could have been made by a fist while Warwick finds a box that has a lot of women's parts and a small baseball cap. 
and inside that cap, he finds some hairs. So he collects as evidence. This is important. This is going to come back later. Meanwhile, Catherine finds a suitcase that has women's maternity clothes on, including a photograph that has been ripped of a man and a pregnant woman. So the back of the photograph says, and baby makes three, love Sean. So Catherine's like, huh, that's interesting. So she finds a driver's license belonging to someone called Marisa Cleary. So then the back of Archie, Archie has the face of the Jane Doe and she actually really looks like Marisa's driver's license. So they found the, the identity of Jane Doe, but they don't know who Libby is. Catherine tells Grissom that the male DNA that they found in the pelvis was from her son. But she didn't give birth naturally. She had a C-section. But well, C-section well, is... Yeah. Well, what happened is that Walter kidnapped this girl. And he forced her to give birth. No. And so what he did, he cut her stomach open and delivered the baby. So Brass finds Sean and Catherine and Brass are talking to him. So he hasn't really seen Marissa in eight years and he didn't even know that she was dead. And Sean tells them that they've been dating when Marissa got pregnant. And then they fought a lot and they broke up and Sean never saw her again. And then the only thing he got from Marissa was a type of letter. And the only thing that it said was, you're not who I thought you were. You don't want me. You don't want this baby. We don't want you, Marissa. So Catherine compares the signatures on the driver's license to the signature on the type letter. And they are not even a match. So Catherine thinks that Walter forged the signatures. Sarah actually really investigates what the letter is and the address and everything about it. Yeah, so Greg is running DNA on the hair that Warwick found, and he tells Catherine and Grissom that it belongs to Marissa's son. So Catherine is like, well, the kid must be eight right now, and if he was still alive. So Sarah walks into the DNA lab and tells everyone that the postmark came from Henderson. But the motel wasn't so Grissom's like Walter wouldn't get all the way to mail a letter yes he wouldn't of course he wouldn't Grissom and Catherine go and go to interview to, to talk to the to Walter's sister and she doesn't recognize Marissa but she's like well Walter probably killed her so we have a flashback with Marissa and Sean fighting and then they ask her about Libby and Beth is like, how do you know this? Because nobody hadn't called her Libby in years. And then a school bus stops in the house and a kid runs through the front door and calls Beth mom. So they make a DNA test from Marty's DNA and they realize that Marty is Sean Cleary's son, Sean. And then Sean is actually Marty's father. But Beth is not Sean's real mother. I mean, not Martin's real mother. So Beth tells Catherine and Grissom that one day Walter just showed up to her house with he gave her the baby. 
It's actually from the knife that Walter used to force the C-section. So she, he literally cut the baby off of, of Marissa's body. So Catherine and Grissom knew that Marissa did not sign the note that she sent to Sean. And, and it, it's not likely that Walter wrote it. So Beth tells them that she did write the note so the father didn't have to suffer. Like, dude, why didn't you contact him? and t told him about his son well she didn't and then Catherine tells Beth that this wasn't from the Beth tells Catherine that this wasn't from the goodness of his heart and all that okay because he saw that Marissa had run away and never looked back but in fact, she was killed in cold blood by this guy that had the body. His blood pressure was probably on the on skyrocketed every every now and then. And probably if it hadn't been to Vegas to and got into a fight with someone, nobody would ever known about all of this. Yep. And. Uh, yeah. And also, this episode had a commentary by the writer of the show and one of the producers. It's same one is only one person, but is this he was a co-executive producer and the writer of the episode. Eli Tabor and the, he was talking about how the casino he used was not an actual casino. The casino was entirely built in the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. He has been wanting to do this uh, an episode like this for ages. When the aggressor becomes the victim, he wanted to show anything can happen. He wanted to scare the audience. <laughs> well, yes. sometimes some of the PSI do, do is scare the shit out of us, huh? I can think I feel like dimples just now. Top of my head, empty eyes. Well, I'm. I was still talking about some of the commentaries too. Oh, about you talk about stuff that episodes that have scared you. We go no, scared yeah, me. I was just I was just commenting that the, the commentary. I was commenting the commentary. I said that's what you are. Yeah. I love the elevation because the writer said he wanted to do something to scare the audience. And but also, does that. this episode takes place years before MTIs. Takes place three years before MTIs. What about early season one? That bloodlines, right? That's the name of the episode, right? But blood drops. Blood drops. Blood yeah. drops. Yes, but, uh, he also, but also he wanted to show that ju even just the most average looking guy can turn out to be so evil. He's right, yeah. actually. Yes. And also, Paul Gilfoyle, aka Brass, when he was interviewing Walter Daring, actually improvised some of his lines. One of my favorite parts of CSI is when Brass is reporting back to Grissom or whatever CSI is working at the moment. There's this, there's this episode, I, I can't remember, but he's reporting back to Grissom about what happened. And he told, all I got is, we go, ah, and the car goes, whoa, and we go, ah. <laughs> I, just, I just love that. 
Yeah. Got him. And he had the director of the episode doing something he actually hates having done and handheld camera doing the fight scene between the cops and Walter Darien. I think that scene was supposed to scare the audience, but at this point, I just think it's hilarious. I should have found that thing really funny, but I do. And he actually got the idea during season two for the overpack call because he lived in an apartment during that time. And a neighbor, she had an overpack call to the point that on the passenger side, the seatbelt was out of the car. And, And that car was, yes. That car was always in the same spot every day, but the but the driver did not care if she was driving around with that seatbelt hanging out. And also, he talked about how, he also talked about how there's some studies that shows that frontal lobes of some criminals are actually different than the normal person. He's right, actually. He's right. I studied this. He, I knew you would say something. <laughs> He's actually right. I I've had to read some things about this. He's actually he actually really he's right. Also, if you want to know more about this, there is an article on Scientific America. I'm totally sounding like Grissom or Sarah right now, but I don't care. There's a there is a great article on Scientific America that five myths that pop culture propagates about serial killers. There are like five myths and actually put them on my on my completion paper at, at my college and most of the th- I've realized that most of the things that were shown in CSI they're actually apart from the, the lab lab results coming in the matter of minutes a lot of things that they show is actually true yes yeah because they consulted with real life CSI and all that to make as true as possible but at, at the same time it will that even cops complain about it that CSI, all of the effects that CSI had was that sometimes criminals would watch because anybody, criminal is just like anybody else, they too watch television, you know? So there was this case of this guy who loved CSI and he, he committed this awful crime, but he knew that he had to clean the crime scene, how he had to do it and all that because he loved CSI. In fact, his favorite character was Rissom. The motel shot was shot in LA, and the color of the sky was actually in real life. That brownish oranges color that they had was the actual color of the sky in real life that day. And also, you know, so when when, when Rissom is wearing his scarf after the hickey, the hickey. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Well, that's what Catherine described it as. Billy Peterson actually came up with the idea to wear that scarf. You know what? That's actually pretty funny. Yeah, and reason why they took so long to find Libby is because they wanted to advertise how hard it is to find people in Vegas because how people are constantly moving in and out of Vegas. Well, that episode in Five Nights, right? Is, is this name of the episode where Greg gets everybody, like, there's this group of, this this mob goes after Greg, and they were actually bidding tour and stuff? Oh, yeah, that episode, that's from season seven, yeah. 
Yeah, so I think it actually shows. I think Brass, someone in the police department uh, says that that is actually quite common. Whenever tourists are around, like, there are certain times of the year that tourists are more likely to be in Vegas. So they are the target of a lot of criminals. Yeah, and the song where it's dark out and they're going through the motel, everything outside of the motel, was a German song, so they had to research the lyrics. And it was perfect because the song is about what happens to you when you die. How creepy is that? Wow, the power that that has. You know what, yes. I, I probably said this once before in this show. I'm going to say it again. I can't remember his name. I think his first name is John. And if it's not John, I'm really sorry. <laughs> but whoever you are, the music supervisor, I hope you're having a great life, okay? Because seriously, man, woman, whoever you are, the music that you picked for this show and that honestly if you were the one that came up with the miniature killer scene i absolutely love you that calms me down every time it plays in an episode and i instantly get chills you know chills all over me so i hope you're having a great life okay and you deserve a raise you deserve a raise i'm, I'm telling you right now you deserve a raise so whoever works in the show and is listening to us right now get this guy a raise okay because he deserves it. I'm sorry, go ahead. You're saying? This is said a lot by a lot of the writers and producers. They love Billy, Will and Peterson's eyebrows. Because I have to lose them. <laughs> I'm not going to suck it up. It's But it's weird because this, this was also said in a commentary for Immortality about how oh, he yeah. lose his eyebrows. I'm not gonna talk about this man's eyebrows, okay? I've said it enough when I saw these my bangers. I'm not going to comment on this man's eyebrows. And all C's, all C's guys know what it sounds like when you hit the bones or a skull. Look. You know, I've broken a lot of bones in my life, but I've never broken a bone on my skull. And it hurts like a bitch when you break your bone. And to be that curious to break a skull. Wow. No, what I'm saying is when they're digging around in evidence of what it sounds like when you hit a skull. That's what I'm saying. Not when uh, somebody breaks and kills, is when it's the person's already been dead for long enough to be, must be fully decomposed. Yeah, that would be a few years. Yeah. Right? That would yes. be a few, a few, yeah, a few years. And the scene where Catherine is getting at the suitcase where they find out about Marissa, these sides always look for what's out of place. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, what they, that's their job, and I'm always wondering how they are able to do that. And Sarah's last scene, and her biggest scene, honestly, was actually shot seven days before the scenes surrounding it. 
Oh, that's actually pretty interesting. Sometimes they actually do that, right? Yeah, because of because of the actual schedules. Yeah, they have to shoot some scenes before, like they did this when they shot Vegas. They had to shoot everything that we see in the streets of Vegas were actually shot in the actual streets of Vegas. The other shots they were shot in the actual studio. And if you want to watch the like see the studio, you like you, you can check a CSI TikTok page or CSI. Oh, Instagram because page. oh, if you're able to, you can also see the whole set and a walkthrough and the special features through the DVD that was just released in the US. Yeah, yeah. And this yeah. episode, this episode goes on when Catherine is seeing that nightclub owner was not only cheating on her, but was friends with her dad. Oh, that I don't like him. Who does? If Bartan was, what is your problem? And Bartan was her best guy. You love Bartan, don't you, Bree? <laughs> Next to Brass, he's my favorite cop. You know, I used to you'd like Vega a lot until he did what he did. Same here. They found out the Marissa's age. Originally, because her mold back models had not come in yet, so she they knew that she was in late teens to early twenties. Yeah. So this 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 episode is actually one of my favorites from season four. I think it's really it's like a mystery on top of a mystery because they don't know why this guy's body temperature is so high. They don't know why did he get this burst of, of anger. They don't know anything at all and when they do go investigate this guy they find a lot of shit on him and i love that also my queen sarah absolutely killing it in her few scenes uh in her few scenes but she i'm sorry i'm gonna die on this hill sarah side was still the fucking show okay i said what i said don't come at me she stole the fucking show and she had barely what she was doing she had barely any lines and Georgia Fox act the hell out of those out of those lines, okay? Georgia he Fox did. knew what she was doing, okay? She knew what she was doing, and she was doing it wonderfully, always raising the bars for us all. Okay, love her, absolutely love her. She deserves all the love and appreciation in the world. So if you're coming at her for not coming back to CSI Vegas, you're gonna have to deal with me and a lot of her other fans, okay? Just yes. Bugging this woman to come back to season two. Because she already gave us a perfect season. And stop blaming William Peterson for the reason why she's not coming back. Look, this guy has two kids at home. Let him watch his kids grow up, okay? He's a parent. And hey. he had health issues doing shooting in Vegas. He was rushed to the hospital in the middle of shooting an episode. Look. They don't come to, for this guys, okay? They are not products. They are not our products, okay? And they you're don't... still complaining that we didn't get a second kiss during CSI Vegas. We got a lot more than we hoped we would, okay? Don't come at them because you didn't get what you wanted to get. Guess what? In the end of the day, who decides what stays in an episode, what it doesn't stay in an episode is, are the producers. And they know a lot more about the storyline than we do, okay? And what goes onto the DVDs? Exactly, okay? So 
if you're mad because the show is not following your unreachable standards, just learn. Learn respect. Yes. Learn to respect the actors, okay? They owe they owe people too. And the end of the day, this and, is a show about how science helps solve crime. Okay. And people who follow Jojo Fox can tell that she was kind of hurt by people attacking her or attacking Billy Peterson about when the kiss was not in. Look, they don't get to they don't get to say what goes into the episode, what stays in the cutting room floor, okay? They don't they don't really get a say in this. Okay, okay, now I know what we're gonna say. Billy Peterson was a producer. Whatever, man. This this man was shooting the episode, trying to be a father at the same time, producing this thing. How many years has it been since he hadn't done those three things? You know what I mean? Like and even when the, even when he was just a producer on CSI, which was CSI, when he, after he left, they never really saw him. I think we should all I think we should all respect respect the, the cast and respect the producers because they gave us more than we ever dreamed that we would have. Okay, we knew the show was coming back. We didn't know when. We didn't know how. Then COVID happened, and then we got this show for ten weeks. But I mean, it was something, you know. And we got Sarah and Grissom back, but we got them in a safe place. We know that they were happy. Okay, we we don't have that uncertainty that all of us had when we watched Immortality that we didn't know what was going on between them because they were divorced. But then Anthony Zyker said that when he wrote the finale that Grissom and Sarah were actually married, like, we didn't know what was going on. And then they came back in CSI Vegas. And then we found out they are actually married and they are happy. Isn't that and, what we all wanted? And also, according to William Peterson and the special features, it's weird for him. It's weird for him to be without Sarah now. If the man said what he said, and he literally played the characters for how many years now? So he played Wrigley for nine years, then stopped playing it for all of season ten. Played an episode in season eleven, not okay, twelve, please, thirteen, or fourteen. This is a rhetorical question. But about twelve years. Right, that's a lot. That that's about yeah. that, that's a lot of years. Okay, this is more than a decade. And uh, Grissom and Sarah, they know they've been they know they knew each other since '98, which means that they're no '99. '99, which means they know that they know each other for 22 years. Okay, so Grissom and Sarah, yes, '98. For Billy and Georgia, a lot less. No, yes, I know. I'm talking about. Sarah and Grissom, 98. Yeah. Grissom and Sarah, technically, Grissom and Sarah have been knowing, knowing each other for 23 years, okay? That's a lifetime. They've been together, and then dated, and they broke up, and then they got together again, and then they broke up again, and they're together now, and they're happy, and they are married. Life and they is... can't live, And they can't live without each other. Exactly, so... Like, it makes no sense for Sarah to come back without Grissom. 
Because, like, what are we expecting? That that Grissom shows up and be like, honey, this ain't working for me, let's get divorced again. Like, what? This is what you, you all wanted? Yes, and see, they've been together now, regularly. See, so 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Six years at the point in time, Seaside Vegas takes place. Because they got together in 2000, they got back together in 2015. Yeah, so CSI is happening in the timeline in which they already beat COVID. So I don't know which year it's, it's CSI is happening, but they've been together for a lot of years at this point. So let's just leave things as they are. We're having Catherine back, okay? Catherine's coming back. Isn't that enough for everyone? Well, thank you for listening to us. Bree, what are we talking about next week? The evil Jeffrey McKean. Yeah. <laughs> don't miss that. I don't know if we told you guys that, but we're going to be doing episodes on those type of characters, you know? Controversial characters. Controversial characters. So, yes, stick around for McKean. We're not going to defend his actions, but we're going to talk about him. Like and how his character started. Exactly. And what led him to do what he is doing. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.